This is the Halloween Unleashed Podcast. And now, here are your hosts for the week. I'll tell you, there's one movie I can't watch today. There's one movie, and it's a horror film. I still can't watch it. It tears me. It just scares the hell out of me still at age 47. Salem's Lot. A little boy floating outside the window. I can't watch it. Can't watch it. I don't know why. But still, it scares the hell out of me. My buddy thought it would be funny. He got a picture off the web of the little boy tapping on the window, and he put it on my computer. When I was, I wasn't, you know, as my wallpaper and I got pissed at him. I got real mad. And I'm like, dude, you don't understand that. That did something to me as a kid. And I still can't watch it today. I, that was the same thing about the, the exorcist. I couldn't watch it until I was almost 30 years old. Now uh, I watch it. I, I get a kick out of the it. The exorcist. My father had taken my mother to see that in the movie theater. And I uh-huh. have two older sisters. My oldest sister was born in 76, no, 70, she's six years older than me, 73, she was born in 73, I don't remember what year The Exorcist came out, had to be 70 or 71, was it that old? Yeah, it was, it was, 71, 71, I believe it was, but it was made in 70. My my father took my mother to see it, and when they got home, he went and hid in the bedroom and started shaking the crib. And my mom came in the room and freaked out. So my mom refuses to watch The Exorcist ever since that day. She saw it once when it first came out. She hasn't seen it since. You know what she did? Your conting (laughs) daughter? (laughs) Well, the thing is, what people don't realize about movies, too... If you think about it, Star Wars was in the theater for almost a year. Nowadays, if yeah. a movie's in the theaters for six weeks, like The Last Jedi, you can hardly find it in the theater around here right now. It's hard right. to find. So, yeah. with The Exorcist, Close Encounters in the third cl- for the third cl- kind, I mean, there were so many different movies that when they released them, they were out of the theater for... And then they, they would take them out of the theaters for a couple of months, and they'd re-release them. Now, you, to be scared all over again, revisit The Exorcist, and they'd send it back out again. And they're making big, big money. That's what they did with Jaws. They yep. did that with Jaws several times. You know, relive the terror. You know, you went back to the beach. Come back to the theater. You won't go back to the beach. This kind of thing. Movie the, Movies nowadays, the, people will never understand the impact of going to the movies when I was a kid, it was it was a different time. I mean, I saw Star Wars in the theater probably thirty times. My mother wanted to kill me. But then you could go to the movies for a dollar seventy five. Uh-huh. So yeah. that's how old I am. That's not good. I think I remember was- movies being three. It was like three dollars for the for the matinee. Um, that's about as cheap as I remember it. Yeah. yeah, and it was like uh, five seventy five for for the evening show. Yep. 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 I think we also good. had a, we had a cheap theater and we had the good theater. We had one. We had the Summit Park Theater that had I think eight screens in it, and the one that's actually the cheap theater is still up and running to this day, and it was behind our Hills Department Store, 
and it only had like four screens in it. The seats were closer together. The floor was always sticky. There was always popcorn all over the place. But you could go there and watch a movie for, I think those cheap shows, everything was like $3, no matter when you went. And it smelled like B.O. Yes. B.O. and semen. <laughs> I, I was I was in the wrong theater. Shit. <laughs> I'm thinking of the wrong theater. <laughs> was well, Pee Wee Herman the in there? <laughs> that's that's the one where my dad used to get the squirt gun and put Jergens lotion in it and just sit back and <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah, except for sure the guy getting shot. Yeah. Yeah. You do that nowadays, you probably get shot. Oh, you'll get shot. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god. No, it, but you know, getting back to all that, it's um that when you go back to all the the mask thing, that's where it all launched. And I mean, I was promoting my stuff through Backtalk. I was promoting my stuff through the new HMA. Uh there were a couple other places that kind of popped up around the HMA. They were trying to do the same thing that Eric and Jim were doing. Now, Jim ended up um, leaving the HMA and doing his own thing. And I, I haven't talked to Jim in years, but uh, I, it's got to be about 10 years ago the last time I talked to him. But uh, I sold him my first mask. Eric bought my second. Wow. Right. You, you've mentioned his name several times. And uh, is Jeff Death, is he still around? Is he still doing stuff? Oh yeah, yeah. Jeff's still going. I'm not. Like, uh, I don't talk to him anymore. We we kind of had creative differences. It happens. Um, yeah. I don't talk to Jeff anymore. I probably I haven't talked to Jeff in twelve years. Okay. So we just had a creative difference thing. He went his way. I went mine. Which is great. I don't have a bad word to say. Jeff Jeff will always be Yoda in my mind. He's still around. He's he's actually coming up on his 40th anniversary in the next couple of years. Wow. Um, but what I'm getting at is with with I'll never ever Jeff Jeff will always be Yoda in my mind. I went to him with any kind of question. He always had an answer. He he taught me the ways to make masks. Now I've gone off and done I've done different different things. And I've taught myself how to do different things. And I've seen the way that Jeff does things. And it's almost prehistoric compared to what word I'm doing today even. But there are people that are doing better than me. And, I mean, they're, they're, they're doing different techniques that I, I couldn't even touch. But I, I tend to turn out to be, you know, when we had our falling out, Jeff might be Yoda. I'm just Anakin. So, so that's, that's – I turn to the dark side. I about to say, you turn to the dark side and – you you did the you did the heel turn. I did I did, <laughs> and I stayed there. I stayed there, and uh, he went to Dagobah, which is like his shop, which is, you know, in the middle of Laporte, Indiana. Yeah. And if you've ever been to Laporte, Indiana, it's not a great place. I think they have a, a Dairy Queen, and that's a highlight. Now, is it is it spelled different than the regular Dairy Queen? It's a different type of Dairy Queen, so that way they don't get sued. Um, I think it's actually Dairy King. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I I passed through a little town on a road trip last summer where we saw Dairy Queen, and it was spelled K-W-E-E-N. 
Really? <laughs> yeah, and I'm not even bullshitting. It's, I, it's, I believe you. I believe you. Yeah, well, I, I, I looked at that and I said, no shit. <laughs> I, I've seen a lot of crazy things in my, my, uh, my last, say, 10 years, and I, I've kind of given up on the human race. Yeah, me too. I see in my own light, you know, I see in my little world. I I don't, it's better off. Nothing's like it used to be. It's never going back. There's, you know, you can't even get a good hamburger anymore. So let's, I'll just stay home and make my own. Yeah. I beg to differ. I beg to differ. If you ever come to Niagara Falls, New York, there's a place called Rock Burger. And this guy takes pretty much anything you can think of and stuffs it in the middle of the hamburger. And I'm talking about anything from Fritos corn chips to fucking Reese's peanut butter cups to Twinkies to deep fried pickles, lasagna, uh, rigatoni, anything you can think of. This guy has a combination of a burger that you can get at this place. And uh, the meat is perfectly seasoned. And you get a little special stuff on the side with it. And it's about $10 a plate. And I promise you it'll be one of the best burgers you ever ate. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. But I'm on the south side of Chicago. Everything that's down where I'm at now, uh, unless you go into the city, you're not going to get anything decent. And everything around here, we can't even keep a Kmart around here anymore. That tells you how bad it is. Yeah. Yep. Nothing. Nothing is around here anymore. It's it's everything has fallen to shit. They're they're closing our Toys R Us, which is ours too. You know, heartbreaking to me. It's heartbreaking. It is. My Toys R Us yeah. is staying up, but they're closing our babies R Us. Yeah, they getting... just announced closure of another 200 stores just today. Yeah, yeah. We haven't had anything good around here like that in a while, to be honest. Now that you say that, I mean, we used to have media play, and they got rid of media play, and that was where I used to buy all my collectibles, all my McFarlands and cult classics and stuff like that when I was collecting those. Um, we used to have Hills, Ames, Gold Circle. Kings, yep. all these department stores, they're all gone. All we got is a Walmart and a Target. Walmart's going to take over in there. Eventually, it's just going to be Amazon. Yeah. Yep. Amazon, Amazon with their with their drones to deliver shit to you. Yes. yes. But it'll be soon. It'll be the what, uh, T-800. They'll be delivering it. That's right. It'll make Sarah McConaughey just won't. Yeah, maybe my packages won't show dented up. Yeah, Sarah Connor. Yes. Yeah, I, I there's a funny story about her. Uh, about uh, what's Lin- her name? The police? Linda Hamilton. Yeah, she was at uh, Mask Fest at, at the Horror Hound show that year, and uh, everybody came up to her table. She's kissing them on the lips. Wow! I swear to God, I I was going over to talk to her. I was going to get a kiss, but then That's I realized. Where- she- that's where she got herpes. That makes sense. That, oh, my. She was sticking her tongue in uh, Sam McCain's mouth. She stuck her, st- her tongue in his mouth. I'm not a, you know, t- Sam was a nice guy to me. He wasn't a nice guy to everybody else. So I, I think he might have been afraid of me. I had my fair share of arguments with Sam. Yeah. I mean, Sam, Sam, I always talk back to Sam. And I think he appreciated it because nobody else talked back to him. I got a, I got, I got a funny story about Sam. Uh Okay. Like my first Everybody year, does. my first year going full time. Um, it was my first convention that I, I set up a booth. My buddy Eric Kumar, um, who you probably have yes. talked to, 
Um, he was right coming next out to of the pool. Yeah, we um, <laughs> we set up side side by side, and then I knew that Sam was coming to the show in Orlando, and. When he got when he got there, you know, uh, I went over and introduced myself, and uh, he said, "So you're selling you're selling Myers masks here too?" And I was like, "Yeah." He said, "Well, what are you selling yours for?" And I said, "I'm selling mine full price." And he goes, "Yeah." You, he goes, "You're not going to sell shit here, uh, selling at that price." He goes, "You got a discount to like fifty, sixty bucks." And I said, "Yeah, probably." I said, "But it's my first show. I'm you know I'm I'm here to have fun and get and and get my name out." And uh, he set up all of his stuff, and we were probably—I don't know—I know where you're I, going with it. I just, and I've never heard this before. Yeah. So he—he—he and—he and I would kind of cross, you know, here and there. I mean, he was on his phone a lot, and I know I was on my feet interacting with people all the time, and so was Eric, and you know, we were all over the place. And then finally, like, you know, he would be slow. He'd walk down to our booth and just kind of, we like, in between times and just shoot the shit. And um, he says, how many have you sold so far? And I said, I've sold half of my shit, you know. And he goes, really? He goes, I haven't sold anything. And I said, oh, I, you know, I didn't know what to say. I wasn't going to be a dick. Say, sorry to hear about that, you know. Like, you know, I was, I was happy I paid for my booth and my time there. But... This guy comes – fun, here's the funny part of the story. This this guy comes walking up, uh, had spent time talking to my wife about uh, this particular mask, and I think she's the one that got him 75% of the way there. All I had to do is walk in and basically close it. But um, I, I was over there talking to Sam, and Sam's like, your wife has wasted more time talking to this fucking jack-off than anybody else. And he was very blunt. And he said, this guy has been to my booth five times over the last two days. He, does, he doesn't buy shit, but he talks his fucking ass off. And so then my wife flags me down and f- waves me over. And so I talked to the guy for literally 45 seconds. And then I, he goes, yeah, I want the Night Stalker that's right up there. And I said, sure, no problem. And so I got it down for him. And then Sam, you see him in the background. Eric started laughing because Sam threw his hands up. He goes, ah, fuck. <laughs> and he walked away. <laughs> and that, that was the last yep. we, we had talked to him for pretty much the rest of the show. And then we invited him out to uh, to Joe's Crab Shack because that was his thing. Like whenever he came to Orlando, that's that's what he wanted to eat. He wanted to go to Joe's Crab Shack. But, yeah, that was a funny story about Sam about, you know, ah, fuck. <laughs> that was Sam. Yep. Well, a little personality and uh, compassion goes a long way with your customers. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. But you know, at, at the same time, I, I mean, how common is it for women to be basically involved helping sell a mask? And you know as well as I do, some of these guys, not all, some of these guys are just happy to have a woman talking to them. And so, like I was sure. saying. That that sale was all my wife, you know. That that was all her, you know. All sure. I had to do is walk over and ask him which one he wanted, and explain a couple things about the intricacies, and then boom, there was the sale. Uh, it was practically sold. And uh, anyway, uh, be, before we jump in, because I I want to talk about MMP and I want to talk about uh, a few other things. Uh, Corey Taylor had had asked a question, and I, I want to be fair. We had already asked uh, about that. What was your influence uh, to make mass? It was Jeff Death. You you'd already covered that. 
Uh, he wants to. Corey Taylor and Jason Rotary both want to know what was your favorite mask to make up to this point, and why. Early on, you know what? I liked any mask that made me money. I didn't care. I honestly, it was all about. And at that time, it was about making money. I enjoyed. Um, I I made a Freddy. I made a witch. I I love witch masks. Love. Almost any witch mask. I don't know why. There's nothing more than a pumpkin and a witch and a ghost that scream Halloween. Why? Okay. What's the first express? What's this first experience you ever had with a witch? And a lot of people, say, well, you know, Halloween. No, it was the Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah, she scared the hell out. Absolutely. And I mean, she's scared the hell out. And then you can go into like Legend with Meg Mucklebones, which is just one of the greatest witches ever. But no one could touch Margaret Hamilton. No one could touch that as as. And witches, I love witches. I always have. They're scary. Go watch that uh, Tales of the Dark Side with the little with the witch that goes to the door. You know, and that trick or treat. That was one of the scariest witches I've ever seen in my life. Scared the hell out of me from the early '80s. What was that? Was that that was Tales from the Dark Side? It was yeah. like the first couple episodes. George Romero's show, wasn't it? Yep. Yes, it was. So that witches, any witch masks, I I love doing witch masks. But that honestly, I did a witch that had she looked kind of like Meg, horrible sculpture, but she had a little she had her twin on the back of her head, and it was a little tiny face, this big, and. I, I loved painting that thing in the back just because no one else was doing that kind of thing. Did it make me any money? No. No. Not. But you give me a witch mask any day, I'm a happy guy. You know, I've caught more shit, you know, like that answer you just gave. I'm like, that's beautiful because that's the business side of you. And, yep. uh, you know, you're an artist, but you're also, you know, you need to you need to support yourself. I have caught more shit from wanting to make money in this industry than anything. They're like, oh, he's just, you know, he's just in it for the money. And I'm like, well, you know. No shit. Yeah. I, we I, don't get into business to lose money, do we? Exactly. But people, it's like, when I when I did that raffle thing, man, I had a guy that got all, like, butthurt and got his, got his asshole all chapped about, you know, because he, he didn't read the fucking post. He sends me a message. He goes, Hey, you know, when's this, when's this, uh, when's this giveaway? I said, it's not a giveaway. It's a raffle. It's a $5 entry, you know, and sure. I'm going to raffle. He goes, $5 entry. You know, pe- people have, people have supported you. You know, you should, you should be giving this shit away. Get the fuck out of here. And I'm just like, dude, it's not my fault. You can't read that. You didn't get past the second grade. It's not my fault. You know, and my kid's four years old and he could have read that post and told you that it's, it's for sale, you know, um, yeah, I, I, I've caught more shit about that answer you just gave. Um, so it's good to hear another artist out there that that, have, that has done this for as long as you have, have the reputation that you have, that actually admits that they do it to make a living. It's great. I'm going to give you a quote from Gorilla Monsoon. He told this to Bobby Heenan. Oh, okay. Love wait. it, because I heard this. You've heard it. If you're in this business for anything other than money, you're stupid. And it's true. Yeah. I mean, I love the art, art side of it. I love the business side of it. But, you know, I best broadcast have money to keep going. What's yes. that? Best. 
That was the best broadcast team ever. Hands down. And you know what sucks? I wish I had everything recorded so I could go back and watch it all again because I was a young kid and I still remember myself laughing back then and picking up on every little thing Bobby said. But to, to be able to watch it and hear it all again as an adult and really pick up on everything would be gold all over. I, I mean, there's so much, but I loved, yeah. I loved in WrestleMania 8 when Virgil was out there with the damn uh, mask over his face because he broke his nose. And Bobby's like, look at Virgil. He looks like the spotted owl. And then, uh, <laughs> and then Gorilla Monster says, will you stop? He goes, I guess it's not fair for the spotted owl, is it? And then all of a sudden IRS knocked him out. He goes, oh, he just got a tax write-off on the sparrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Will you cut it out? I can hear I, Gorilla. Say I also, that. I yeah. also loved in SummerSlam '91, Gorilla and Bobby are queuing up what's coming up next. It was the double thing, the match made in heaven, the match made in hell, and Gorilla Monsoon says, "Coming up next, we got the match made in hell." And then Bobby Hina says, "What? The wedding's next?" <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't oh, touch Bobby. No oh, one can touch Bobby. No, it was just, it was, it was gold. It was gold. Yeah, Bobby was, I met him once and it was, it was, he, he was, he was nice to my kids and he, he thought I was just in it to sell autographs. So, but he had, he had been scammed so much in all of his years. So, you know, and I understand it. I appreciate he treated my kids good. It was nice to meet him, but it was, was right after he had cancer, right after he first got cancer. So he was losing weight, and, but Nice guy to me, but he he didn't want to be he didn't want to be nice to me. You yeah. want to know a real fucking dirty old man? Yeah, yeah. This is Gene Okerlund. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Oh, big time. Uh, this guy was at our convention, and my buddy's wife was like helping him. She was his handler, and uh, she said she had gotten multiple complaints from when people would stand next to him to take the picture. He was putting his hand on their ass and everything. And just saying little dirty comments to, like, younger girls and shit. It's funny, but it's not. Call he's, the he's hotline. A... I'll tell you all about it. <laughs> Fucking dirty old bastard. Mean Gene. Let me tell you something, Mean Gene. Oh, my. Yeah. He was great too, man. And that—that's my—that was my childhood. I at one point had a T-shirt that my mother made me, and I wish to God I would have kept this thing, but I have no idea where it went over the years. But it had to be around 1983, 84. I literally had every WWF wrestler's name wrote out in like a thin sharpie on this T-shirt. And anytime someone new would show up, I, I mean, obviously minus the fucking the B talent, you know, anyone that was anyone, their name was on my shirt. Uh, and uh, I don't know whatever happened to that, but I would love to have it and read some of the names that were on it. I I used to love in the early WrestleManias when you'd have uh, Jesse Ventura and, and Gorilla Monsoon, and yep. he'd be out there and goes, here comes Chico Santana, you know? <laughs> 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 and he's like, Tito, Tito's his name, Jess. That's what I said, Chico. <laughs> What did what did Bobby used to say about Tito? He used to say something. Oh, oh God! It was um, when he came out as El Matador. That was uh, yeah. when, when Shawn Michaels was becoming the Heartbreak Kid, and 
Reba McIntyre sang the sang the national anthem, and he goes, uh, "Boy, can Tito's sister really belt one out?" And he goes, "What are you talking about?" He goes, "That's his sister, Reba McIntyre." He used to call he used to call him the flying jalapeno. That's what it was. The flying jalapeno. And I remember him like making fun of Tatanka too. He's like, goes, you know, you know how to, you know how he greets people when he walk up to him, don't you? He goes, and Gorilla's like, uh, yes. And he goes, well, what does he say? And uh, Bobby goes, he goes, he goes, hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? <laughs> that was Bobby. Bobby oh, was great. man. Appreciate Bobby till you were older. I remember he was Hogan beat him up. Yeah, I, I remember in that same WrestleMania, it was it was billed as Hogan's last match when he was taking on Sid Justice. Yep. And um, Sid Justice had him in a bear hug or a choke or something like that. And Gorilla says, there will never, ever be another Hulkster in the history of this great sport. And Bobby goes, boy, that's a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's had oh, he's had such great one liners. Remember when he got attacked by Matilda? Yeah, WrestleMania yeah. four. <laughs> he had to wear that stupid suit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, wrestling used to be good. They used to have some good stories. They Big did. Time. Yeah. Now, nowadays, it is it is absolute dog shit. I got now a picture. Write a letter to Santa. Yeah, I got a I got a picture of me when I was maybe. I don't know, four or five years old. I'd be back in like '84. I was going to a lot of wrestling events back then, and uh, I always wanted to go down and touch the ropes. I always wanted to feel the ropes. You know, back then there was no means, there was no meet and greets, there was no conventions, there was none of that. I, my parents actually let me walk down by myself. We were in there pretty early. They had to be, I don't know, maybe a couple hundred people in their seats at this point, but no, no one really at all. I walked all the way down and asked the security guard if I was allowed to touch the ropes. And he kind of looked over both shoulders real quick. And he says, yeah, come on, kid. So I got to lean up on the ring and grab the bottom rope. And uh, by the time my dad loaded the damn camera up, I was, I had already grabbed the rope. And I was like turning around and starting to take my first couple steps back. And then he got the picture. But I got a picture of me in my little sweatsuit down there right by the bottom rope. That was one of my highlights as a child, man. I was a I was a huge wrestling fan back then. Big time, man. Always have been. What's that? Forward a lot for it now. I didn't hear you, but you cut out. What, what? was that? No, I, I fast forward through it a lot now. I hate it. Oh I yeah, can't I can't. It. I can't watch anything past like the Attitude Era, really. Myself. And, you know, when, when, when WCW closed down, it was kind of like the wrestling industry closed down. There'll, there'll never be another um, great time in wrestling again. And, you know, I, 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 I address this on my other uh, podcast that I do. But if you go listen to that, I mean, I go into detail about it. But, I mean, there's just there's no storylines anymore. There's no characters anymore. They do 50, 50 booking. Nobody gets over the announcers are absolute shit. They all sound bored. Like it's a golf game that they're watching. And you know, everything's so overscripted and micromanaged to the point to where nothing feels legit anymore. There's no kayfabe anymore. Um, 
we we used to think that fucking Doink the Clown was a real evil clown because of the way they portrayed him and they protected they protected the character and that's the way that's the reason why we haven't seen Undertaker out of character so many uh, so much and he protects his character and I I think that that is a severe lost art in this day and age. Sure, sure. And here's so. one last thing: everybody kicks out of everybody's finishers. Everyone. Yeah, save, save oh, that for no WrestleMania. You used to have an eight-minute fight, and then someone would land one finisher, and the fight was over. Yep. I think that happened a lot with the, with the Rock and Stone Cold, though. You know, he would stun somebody six times, and you'd get the people's elbow six times, and. Yep. And at 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 special moments in WrestleMania, I get it, but you know, when I'm watching Monday Night Raw, I don't need to see. Uh, whoever these guys are now, I don't even know anybody's names anymore, but you know, uh, whatever their names are kicking out of their finishers like 27 times and going through 27 commercial breaks to, uh, to get to the finally end of the match. I'm like, it used to be, you could not miss, you could not, uh, switch to another station because they may come back from a commercial break and you probably would have missed something. Now I'm praying that I miss something. Sure. Sure. It's hard to watch. If I'm looking forward to the Bailey match, you know I'm, I hate wrestling. Yeah, they, those used to be called piss breaks. Yeah. I I love Bailey. I, I hate everybody else. I'll watch Bailey before I watch anybody else. Yeah. I know it's dumb, but... Um, I got a couple other questions for you, and then sure. we're going to go into MMP stuff. Um, Amen. Jason Rotary has two questions here. He wants to know uh, what is the most crazy or elaborate piece that you've done. Um, Joe Lester did a. Um, well, you know what? It's it's pretty much two. Joe Lester did a jester, and we called it the Lester Jester. Horrible, dumb name, but it had a, so many different colors, and it was like painting like five different masks. It really was. It, I could I could paint. Five masks faster than I could paint just one of these. And it was a pain in the ass. It had, like, literally 30 different colors on it. That, and it was hard to cast. It had a ton of undercuts. It was just a bitch to do. The other one was uh, Wave Ripper, the uh, Don Lanning sculpt. I mean, it was, it's, I, I still get an order from it now and then. I don't even have a mold on it now. Um, it was just too intricate. It was a sea creature, and I used to add all kinds of stuff to it. Just because it looked too plain, Jeff he produced it for a bunch of years, and he only licensed it through Don Lanning. I got old of Don Lanning years later, and I said, "I don't want to license it from you. I want to buy it." And he sold me the piece. And believe it or not, he only sold it to me for like six hundred bucks, wow. which is great. Yeah, and if you've ever seen Wave Ripper? It's this big sea creature thing. It's got a long bib on it. Um, goes all the way down to like your crotch, and this big giant thing and it's like paint I, I actually painted it to look like a crocodile and it looked great it'd take me honestly six eight hours to paint one and i was charging i think 120 bucks for it i wouldn't touch one of those for under 300 today i don't blame it's, you it's a pain in the ass but that was that kind of stuff i mean uh, those those are you know i i try to stay away from those heavily Overcolored pieces, it's a pain in the ass to do so. Don't you don't you don't you love when people say, Well, why do you charge so much? You know, it's only like uh, six dollars in paint. It's like 
Oh, I love that. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's like twelve dollars in materials. It's like, yeah, you know what? I may be, I might be able to go out and buy a set of brakes uh, to put on my car for like uh, sixty bucks or whatever it is, and do it myself and save some money. But you know, you're not paying me for the materials. You're paying me for the work that goes into it. I'm sorry, labor costs something. Sure it does. Sure it does. I, I've gotten that. I've gotten why, why is so much. Well, you know what? If you want to do it cheaper, come to my shop. You paint it. If you can yeah. paint it faster and easier, be my guest. You know, I'll even give you the stupid thing. But, you yeah. know, what? I, I, I tell them, you know, and that's the other thing people tell you. They go, you know, they ask me to justify the amount. I, first of all, do you pull up to McDonald's and ask them why the, the Big Mac <laughs> is you know, three and a half dollars? Nope, you just pay it. You pay the stupid you thing, and you know you get your box, and you go eat it. Unfortunately, the business that I'm in, I do get people that come in there and bitch and moan. And corporate America is becoming so pussified, they actually tell us, "Oh, just make the customer happy." Yeah. So they'll set a price. There's, I, I, I'm a manager at an automotive shop, so the, let's just say they'll set a price on tires. And if the customer comes in and bitches and complains that ain't the price they saw online, without question, we're supposed to just compensate and knock the price down. So at any given time, these people could then leave and go home and tell their buddy or their uncle or their father, I went there and bitched a little bit, and guess what? They knocked 40 bucks off each tire for me. And then guess what? That fucks my bonus, and it takes money out of my pocket. But I'm not supposed to stand firm with the company's pricing. And that begs me to ask the question, then what's the point of having the price in the computer? Why don't you just give me the product and say, be a salesman, get as much as you can for it. Then I ain't got to worry about making no one mad or argument with no one. But when they come in and I tell them a Michelin tire is $150 and they go, oh, that's bullshit. I can get one from Walmart for 70. I'm supposed to say, well, okay, then I'll give it to you for 70. And then they look at you like, well, why did you just try charging me 150 then, you goddamn thief? And that's just the way the world seems to work anymore. It's a joke. You can go in there and make up a price. It's not. It's not. This this it's, world is. It's gotten well, so it's, ugly. That's why social media is killing it. Social media is killing it because they know people are going to go and complain on their social media, and two thousand people are going to see it, and then they feel like they're going to lose business. So just yep. pull your pants down and give them whatever they want. Yeah. Yep. The, the the nation of fucking complainers. That's what this is. I had a customer earlier today. He wanted an update on his order. I sent him an you know an answer. Um, I don't know if he didn't get it. He claims he didn't, and I get a PayPal dispute, and which seizes up that money. And I, I got a hold of him and I said, um, uh, "Do you want me to just refund your money? Because I have somebody that'll take your order right now. I, I don't I don't really need all this." And he's like, "No, I need this for a project. That's fine." Why didn't you, there's other ways to get a hold of me. You know, there's the Facebook page, there's email, there's, you know, the telephone you can call me on. And my phone number is on there. That's, that's, that's a true businessman is, you know, you've got different ways you can get a hold of somebody. And I, I told him I was just going to refund his money. I said, anytime people put a dispute up against me with PayPal, I refund your money. I just, I don't have any time for it. It's yep. not worth it to me. You know, you, you want to be an asshole to me. And then you don't expect me to be an asshole back. Well, here's your receipt. Because, you know, and this guy's begging me, please don't. That's fine. But 
don't don't file a, pay, a PayPal dispute against me, you know, because it clearly says on my site four to six weeks. If you can't read that, that's your problem. You know, it, you know, people think, and that's the other thing, they'll order a mask two days ago and they'll go, where's my package? Well, this isn't Amazon. You know, I, I still have to, well, I didn't know you made these up fresh. Okay. So a lot of times people don't understand that a lot of this stuff is made to order. Unless I have something sitting in the shop ready to go, which isn't very often, so a lot of it's made to order. But all honesty, let's get I, into your. Uh, you might be surprised on my stance with MMP because it's. Um, I, I I don't really have any any negative stuff to say. I don't because, either. No, I mean, and I mean honestly, if I did, I'd be a total hypocrite because Gary was very good to me. I'll put it that way. So, and you were very good to him too. From 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 everything I heard, not from you, but from his own words. And and huh. uh, so, yeah, let's get into how did how, I? You were talking about the guy that made you the Angel Fire site. I know Gary at MMP helped you do a couple of designs for your website or some graphics. Is that is that how you guys got in touch? He started it there, and okay. then he took over, and he was my webmaster for ten years. Yeah. Now, how did you find him? How, how did you know that that's what he did, et cetera? Um, I think what he had done is it was over the uh, the, the uh, 99s because I ended up getting a bunch of them, and he got a hold of me and asked me where I got them from. And, you know, that's when I – that was – I think it was even early on. He was – I think it was he was even doing um, – it was – Redoing the the mask, yeah, and selling on you know, eBay for, like for yeah, yeah, you know where it looked pissed off, and I love that. I loved how cool it looked. That it was pissed off looking. Yeah, he made uh, he made he made it. I mean, that was some of the stuff I was seeing too. And then when I really started realizing that there was independent stuff coming out there, he was doing uh, the Steve Wang sculpt, uh, the the he mask. Yes. Yes. Yeah, which which I have the mold to now, believe it or not. He really? Yeah. He really? Yep. Damn. I remember when that sculpture was being done. Me too. And, wow, I remember that too well. And then then I was I was in the middle of the whole Sam Hain thing. Um, yeah. But oh, honestly, that that's how I met Gary. We we just kind of think we were emailing back and forth, and he got a hold of me, and you know, and we were talking a little bit, and then we got talking on the phone. I think there was. A couple of years there, where I probably talked to Gary once, twice a day, every day, for a year or two. That's how good of friends we were, uh-huh. and I mean, I knew all about it. You know, I knew about his family. I knew about everything, and I, you know, in all honesty, it's. I'll I'll be a very I'll be very open and say this. I had no I had no idea if any of that ever happened. And I mean, I'm not saying it didn't happen because I had a lot of people get a hold of me and ask me to make good on the stuff that was taken and the the money that was not refunded to these people, you know, and I had a lot of people get a hold of me. They're like, you know, he does your website. You can reach him. He just does his website. I'll tell you, uh, because I was, you know, I was, I'm still to this day, I'm still friends with Joe. Um, who was, you know, a mod on his site. Um, sure. And I remember because 
Joe called me up one night. This was like when the Sam Hain was white hot. Um, yeah. And Gary and I had become really good friends. He was helping do some graphics for some of my fan films, if you remember that, uh, early, early on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so uh, Gary and I like talked pretty much a few times a week. And um, I remember him starting to get into some hot water with, uh, with the Myers community and people. And Joe told me, he said, because he was the one answering a lot of his emails for him, you know, because Gary, Gary was getting to the point. He just couldn't take it anymore. Joe told me where Gary fucked up. And maybe, you know, more than I do was anybody who would message that was unhappy. He would say, well, in addition to this order, I'll just throw you a free mask. And yes, so, he so he was basically, he was selling masks. He was backed up and to keep people happy because you had guys like Sean Clark who, and Brian Raymond, who was attacking him. There and, you and, go. That was and, a name for exactly. And, and, and I wow. remember, I remember, you know, and I talked about it in one of the earlier podcasts of being singled out by those guys saying, Hey, you know, we'll, we'll throw you a free H six. If, uh, if you trash this guy now, I was I was 21 at the time. Okay, I, I made a lot of bad decisions back then, and I did. And then you know, I remember talking to Gary on the phone shortly after it happened, and I was hearing all kinds of shit, Paul, about the guy, and I didn't know what to believe. All I was hearing was there was probably over 200 people on this creepy shit site that was trashing this guy, uh, saying that. You know, he made some knuckle babies in, in inside of uh, somebody's masks, that he was pissing in their latex, that he was uh, all this shit. And I'm like, you know, looking back on it now, I'm like, I'm kind of naive and stupid back then because, first of all, what's what's latex made out of? Ammonia. It's, yeah. Okay. What is piss? Yeah. So... If somebody says, oh, it, it smelled like piss, isn't there a chance that that could have been ammonia from the latex? You know what? You know where that all came from? Honestly. Brian you know Rizzo. where that all came from with, with the piss and all that stuff? That was a joke I always said. Really? That tells you how far back this goes. I would always joke around and go, you know what? If they don't like it, I'll just piss in their mask. <laughs> I swear to God. I swear to God. I said, you know, and I'm, I know we're uncensored here, and I probably shouldn't even say this kind of stuff. I said, if they really want to push it to the level, you know, I'll shoot some goo in there. And then they can wear the stupid thing. That was wow. honestly, and it was a joke. It was strictly joking. Me jo- Did I ever do that in a mask? And out of, I probably have made 20,000, maybe 25,000 masks. You know, have I ever done anything stupid like that? Not a friggin' chance. No, it's just stupid. It was a stupid, you know, and I'm a Howard Stern fan. I talk about gross stuff. This is exactly where all that ever came from. And I was, Gary would, I'm going to tell you right now, you've probably heard half of the shit that came out of his mouth. Almost guarantee you it came out of my mouth. Yeah. And he, he, he claimed it as his own. I'm not, and I'm, that's not knocking Gary. I'm not knocking Gary. No, he, but, he, he, he parroted a lot of stuff. You know that other people said from me. I promise yeah. you it was. I yep. promise you. And so, 
you know, so so now instead of him having a hundred orders that he had to fulfill, he had two hundred orders, and half of those were freebies. And yep. before you know it, now people were getting pissed off because they got their paid mask, but they didn't get their free mask. Yes. Yes. So now there's been several people, and uh, I want to make sure that I, you know I'm fair to everybody here. Is there's been several people and. Uh, Kevin talks to him quite a bit. I, I've talked with him a lot over the years. He's done the intro to our to our show. Now Darren Jones claims, and I'm not and I'm not saying anything he hasn't put out publicly. Is Darren Jones claims he goes, yeah, you may be right, Chris, but I ordered a Sam Hain that I've still to this day never received. I'm not saying that that's not true, but it might be. You know, but looking looking at where he was and what he was going through, not making excuses for the guy not defending or anything like that. But when you when you have that pressure cooker, and at that time, nobody can argue with me to say that MMP was not the most sought-after company for Myers masks on the planet Absolutely. during that time. And I know from just doing it for the time that I did it, and a much more watered-down market, the messages never stopped. The questions never stopped. And it would drive you insane. So going back to that time when he was almost basically the only show in town, I'm not surprised he went through some of the shit that he did. That, um, Sam Hain, in all of the years that I've ever seen it, I remember people talking about, oh, we're coming out with this. That mask, from the time that, that John Smith released the pictures of that sculpt, that was the hottest mask I've ever seen in almost 25 years of mask making. You know, probably almost 35 years of you know being a, a mask fan. No one could touch that. No. It, everybody wanted it. And John did it. The biggest... He, he knocked that thing out of the park. And to be honest with you, I've seen other people do a similar sculpt. I've seen it. And you know what? It, sure, it looks like a helmet. You know, I've heard everybody beat it up and there's this bullshit. But I'm still a, a huge fan of the Sam Hain. I always have been. And I was there in the middle of it when I saw all the pre-orders coming in for it. And we're talking about 300 He put that shit on eBay and he was getting three to five hundred dollars for the first, like the first top, ten, first ten. Yeah. And here's the, here's the best part. John Smith sent Gary the master copy. Gary that day sent it next day to me. I had molds on it. Within the next couple of days, I had molds after molds after. I probably had 10, 15 molds on that shit. And Gary would say, "I want you to cast up as many as you can." I want you to make the molds, cast them all up, put them in a box, and ship them all to me. And I would do that. I shipped him at one point probably 35 copies of that thing in one big paper towel box. Wow. And then Gary, he was overwhelmed. He said, can you at least base coat these white for me? Okay. And then what Gary would do to me, and this is this told you the kind of integrity the guy had and how much he appreciated his friends. Out of the blue... I didn't have a DVD player back then. I didn't have any of that kind of thing. Um, he, he sent me a PayPal payment, five, $700 at a time. 
and he was like, Paul, this is for you. This is just because of everything you're doing. He sent me right off the bat. He sent me $1,000 just so I could make molds and do all the casting. So he wanted me to buy a drum of latex and get, you know, 20 bags of plaster so that I could get all the casting. He goes, that's just the beginning. That's just for supplies. I'm going to send you more money just for you doing the work. And, I mean, honestly, that year, I can tell you that I, that year, the first year with Sam Hain, I probably made 10, 15 grand off of just the Sam Hain by sending them to Gary. Yeah. And he had that funder and they were doing the hair and all that shit. I could never have done all that. Gary, Gary was a one man show doing that stuff. And I know what it is all about being a one man show. I've had to hire people work for me. You okay? Gary, I know he had some friends that would come by and help him. Jerry Gary, would I too. know. Yeah, you know, and yeah. Gary, I. From, and I say this wholeheartedly. I know he ended up having he ended up having chemical problems because he was overwhelmed. You know, some people turned to alcohol, some people turned to pills, some people turned to weed. They turned to whatever he turned to. I knew about it. Am I going to go into is that I know about this and I know about that? I'm not doing that because it doesn't it doesn't leave anything positive about it. The thing I have to say is Gary was good to me. Yep. Always was good to me. Even till the end, when he and I, we kind of went our own way. He was, that guy made me. There was not a website on the independent mask market that could touch my website. It I was, remember it. It had flash on it. I mean, he would redo that website a couple times a year. And always had the new sculptures, always said, we're doing this and we're doing that. And if I said, Gary, would you update this? Would you do that? Happened right away. He was so good to me. He didn't charge me a dime for all those 10 years for the server. Didn't charge me a dime. I did send him money for it. But I also did favors for him. I did a lot of things. Well, I'll tell and, you, I'll tell you, and I don't mean to cut you off, but I'll tell oh, you one of, the, no, no, I, I, one of the things that I know is for everything that you're grateful for that he did for you. Uh, I I talked to Gary pretty much all the way up until 2010, like pretty pretty regular. Oh. Uh, when when he he didn't have to, but oh. he hooked he hooked me up with the with the nightmare that that he sold oh. for years. But oh. I remember whenever we talked about you. And I would, and sometimes I would talk to him at three thirty, four o'clock in the afternoon because he was a night owl. He was up all night long. Yep. And but I would talk to him three thirty, four o'clock, five o'clock in the afternoon, and he would say to me, "You know, I just can't. You know, I just can't talk about masks right now." He said, "You know, uh, just just the thought of it, just what some of these people are saying and doing." And I didn't understand it at the time. I understand it now because some of the things that they were saying about him was so, like, over the line. Now, Kevin, if you're still over there listening to this, th- these these guys were accusing him of being a pedophile <laughs> with his own I, nephew. Man, I remember that well. And yeah. I remember... Yeah, and it's like, then these same people, not, not, not the same exact people, but the same type, I just lather, rinse, repeat. It's a new group of people all the time. But it's the same shit. But it's like, years later, fast forward 
to when my son was going through um, all his stuff, people were attacking him. People were attacking my wife. They were going personal. Just more recently, they attacked Lawrence May's uh, personal life um, for no reason other than politics. But going back to some of the conversations I had, I remember one day I called him, and he was in a real bad way. His, mo- his mom and I were talking. And I talk to his mom all the time. Yeah, and I still to this day, she'll, she'll reach out to me and uh, send me a Facebook message and you know just, uh, just ask how everybody's doing and whatever. But anyway, she said, I'm really glad that you called. Um, she goes, Paul spent several hours on the phone with Gary today talking him off a ledge and uh can you can you continue the conversation i said sure no not a problem so we would sit there and talk but gary would be into tears basically talking about um how much you meant to him as a friend i loved gary he was my brother i know and you know what i i always wonder how he's doing i always do i've reached out to him several times you know and now and then will he'll answer me as he was my friend and you know what if he did all that stuff, I'm sorry that that happened, but I can't, I cannot tell you that I was firsthand witnessed anything where he ripped one person off in all my years of doing this. I couldn't, but I, I remember him talking so highly about you, Chris. I remember, well, I do. And you know, I was, I was in my own world. I was making masks, you know, I, I did. I talked to Gary. I mean, I used to call his mother mom. I always called her mom. Yep. And I had always promised I was going to go down and visit her and go see my, my other mother. And I yep. never made it down there. Uh, actually, what was funny, we had actually tried to negotiate to where Gary was going to come up to the first mask fest. And he was going to be my guest at my table. Now, we all, we all know Gary's not, he would never have gone anywhere because Gary wasn't a traveler. No. So he he would have never gone. I mean, it was a joke. Yeah, I didn't think he would ever do it. But that that is that is my true statement. I I never and in, in all the years, never once in ten years I was friends with him. I didn't witness him hurt anybody. He might have talked crazy. He might have. I talked crazy too. We all have two friends. Two friends that were talking. I mean, he would call me at work. I was working at the grocery store overnight, and I was the only one working. I would sit on the phone with him for hours. I would yep. I would send him a, a message on my phone or, or whatever it was. I think I called, and I rang once, and he would call the store. And I would sit on the phone for three, four hours at, t- at times. I had my job done, and I would talk to Gary for hours. He was always he was always an interesting cat to talk to as well, you know. Absolutely, he always had something going on, and you know, from Colby. You know what? Did did I know firsthand? I I talked to Jerry. I love this one that J- Gary was was Jerry. And yes, you know what? I talked that, to Gary. Was yeah, that, that yeah yeah that yeah. People were saying that Gary was really Jerry and that he was schizophrenic. And I'm like, David Pope of Boogeyman Masks. I remember went, that. <laughs> went and hung out with him. And David's like, that's not true. It's totally not true. You know? Just some of the some of the just horse shit that came out of people's mouth, you know? I, just... I heard a lot of it. I you know that when that creepy what was it? Creepy they, shit. They came up 
You know, what was that? What was that website that, that creepy best shit? Or, that's what it was. Yep. What, but there was the name. What was it, the Great Mask Debate or something? Yeah, it started off as creepy shit, then it turned into the Great Mask Debate because that's when Brian Raymond and Sean Clark were trying to put him out of business completely. But you can understand why they would have wanted you because he was a powerhouse. Yeah, and Sean was well, in competition with him. Absolutely, he was a powerhouse. And you know what? He was a guy that lived in the sticks in Alabama. I don't know. Did he live in the sticks? I don't know. From what I ever talked to him, he, always, he told me that. He'd stand out in his backyard and, you know, he'd make molds and he'd have a bonfire going and whatever. That was his business. That was Gary. Gary was my friend. And I, I, I wish him well today. I still wish him Like, I wish Jeff Death well. I wish people well. Because... If me, if I were to sit here and, and start bad mouthing people, that's not being very productive in my life. Right. There's nothing, you know. As you get a, you get a certain age, it's it, it gets pointless to to you know. And I know everybody's looking for that inquirer story, the TMZ shit, and I I I'm not looking forward to. I'm not looking to feed into any of it. Um. I, you know, I could tell you stories about people I've had falling out. I could probably tell you a few stories about Gary that that would make, you know, you'd be like, whoa, shit, really? Yeah, but you know what? I wouldn't want to hurt him because yeah. he, was, he was good to me. He really well, was. We're, we're all human beings. We're all flawed <laughs> in our own way. We all do things that... Uh, that isn't always perfectly aligned, you know, and I that's why I always love the people who... Uh, trash others and it's like okay meanwhile you're probably doing your very own shady shit and you know or anything i mean we all have we all have our own things we're all human beings you know we're as i like to say we're all pieces of shit in our own way amen i love it so kevin what you got he's sleeping (laughs) all right well fuck fuck him then let's keep going uh, no, any more, I'm any, not any more MMP questions? I'm curious. I, I, figured, I figured I'd be quiet for a minute there and let you think I was sleeping. <laughs> it's okay, Kevin. You're good, man. <laughs> there's not. I, am I like I said before? If there's, if anybody's looking for some dirt, yeah, I don't think I, I have the dirt that they want. People, people hate it on me because uh, I, I dealt with them, but. Here's the thing, and people don't really understand this. They can think whatever they want, you know, and I'm probably going to be talked about for if, if whoever listens to this episode, I don't really give a shit, but I'm just being truthful here, is none of us know exactly what happened in the deal that went down between Justin and Gary with that yeah. nightmare. Nobody. Nobody, but Gary ended up with the master copy to that. And I remember asking Justin point blank, did you, uh, did he break into your shop and steal that from you? Because you're saying he stole it from you. And he goes, well, no, I I mailed it to him. I was like, well, then you sent him a master copy. Did you expect him not to make molds? I mean, I'm, I'm confused here. What did he actually steal from you? Well, he didn't, he didn't come through with his end of the bargain. Okay, so file some sort of something and 
deal with it in court. Don't sit around and be a martyr for 15 years about it and mm-hmm. hate everybody that ends up with that with that master because you supposedly got ripped off. None of us were there. None of us have a right no. to make a judgment call about that situation because we weren't there. There was two people involved in that transaction. It was Gary and Justin. Gary sure. Gary ended up with the master copy and made made masks off of that for years and nobody said shit. Yep. And then everyone trashed him enough to where he went away. Nick ends up uh, from NAG ends up with a copy of it and he's making him nobody's saying shit to Nick about it. But then I get a co- I get Gary's personal original nightmare master and now I'm vilified and told that, oh, well, you know, you're selling stolen goods. Bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let me ask you something, Gene. Not not you. Let me. I, I'm talking hey, to them. Let me ask no. you something, genius. Start talking yeah. shit to the guests. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not talking. I'm not talking shit to Paul. He would oh, probably, he, you, he would, bitch, you think you're so smart? <laughs> you know. Let, let me ask you something. Where did that nightmare come from? It came from a Don Post mask that was recasted by who? It wasn't by Gary. That's who why. Can- that's why there was no lawsuits ever, because it was something that nobody owned. Yeah, Don Post owned. You know, you can point. Yeah. You know, I, honestly, we could go all night about it, but it's, it's that, like you said, it, it comes down to those two were the only ones that had the, their talk. Um, if 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 Gary was as shady as everybody called. Why did he send him that? Exactly. Was because, why did he yeah, do it? By 2003, 2004, when, uh, when this transaction took place, um, creepy shit and uh, the great masturbate had already completely just ruined the guy's reputation. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. Why did you send him that? So, supposedly he's this shady POS in the hobby. Why did you send him that in the first place? I, that that's a question to the gods. So it tells me I think that there's more fabrication there, but you know what? That's my opinion. I wasn't that's there. I don't opinion. know. I no. don't know. But um, moving forward, let's. Uh, so um, I remember seeing some sort of a National Geographic special oh, yeah. you. Tell me yep. about that. How, how did that? How did that come about? I, I'd like to know who recommended because it, there was – I had talked to a um, a lady from National Geographic. She called me – this was late summer in, I want to say, 05, 06. And she wanted to – she said, you know, I, I want, we're doing a special on the history of Halloween. And we want to add some mask makers – we went ahead, a mask maker, and she said, everyone has pointed fingers at you and said that you're the one that you should talk to, that we should talk to. And I always wanted to know who did that, who told me. Um, because there were other mask makers, I think, that could have. Um, I mean, I, I, I think an inside view of, of, like, Death Studios, but I don't even think Jeff would have let them near him in October. And they were going to come out and, and interview me in October and take a look in the shop and this kind of thing in the middle of October. 
one of the busiest seasons I had. Um, but that was, you know, they sat and interviewed me over the phone, and then they were like, well, we're going to come out this day and this day, and uh, we're just going to come out and you'll show us demonstrations. Okay. I had to go gut my shop in the middle of October, take everything out of it so I could make room for this crew to come in. And that was that was hell in it itself. You know, you had to, I had to stop production so that I could deal with this. And it's been very lucrative for me. It didn't do anything for me that year or even the following year because it didn't even air until the 27th of October the following year. So um, I, I didn't get any sales off, but I thought they were going to run it in 06. And they didn't run it that year. And the following year, it didn't air till the end of October. And I started getting calls, you know, end of October. They're like, hey, we, you know, we saw your National Geographic thing. Now, here's a cute little story about the National Geographic thing. Well, there's a couple little things. But they came out here, interviewed me for about six hours. Interviewed me, videotaped me doing the things on, um, you know, how I painted, how I cast, you know, I was doing molds and this kind of thing. And even did a sculpture. My buddy Doug came by, Doug Goins, who's one of my best friends in this business. There's Jeremy Bohr and there's Doug Goins, Pete and Felice. Those are some of my dearest friends in this business. But Doug came by that morning at 5 a.m. and he, he, he sculpted up a fast clown. And I didn't give him any credit on that. I had credit like I had I had worked on that sculpture that morning. Um, but, you know, they, they sat there and they interviewed me and um, they were using these high-def cameras with the high-def, you know, boom mics and this kind of thing. And it was neat because I live about two, two blocks down from a, a railroad track. And every train that came by, which is every, say, 10, 15 minutes, the train had come by and you'd hear uh, uh, and he goes, how often do the, you know, one of the, the, the audio guy, he goes, how often does the train go by every 10, 15 minutes? Really? Well, we'll just have to deal with it. Then the guy, the people three doors down had her dog out in the backyard and dogs barking all day long. Can you go and knock on the door? I said, those people work. They're not home. Well, can we get the dog to stop barking? No, we can't. So we're in the middle of the interview and I have one of those electric fly swatters you buy at Harbor Freight. You know, I'm in love with the damn thing. So we're sitting there, and, and the woman, she's talking, and the, the audio guy goes, stop. Stop talking. There's a fly in the room. Huh? There's a fly in here. I can hear him. We have to stop filming. Okay. So we, you know, we stopped filming. She goes, you have a fly swatter? we got to kill this fly. I handed her that thing, and she had never seen one of them before. She whacked that thing, and it, you know, and it popped and made that noise, scared the shit out of her. <laughs> right. So then they're going to leave that day. Now, mind you, they've had me. If you watch the episode, you see me go up the stairs into my shop. Well, they had me do that about fifteen times, and before I was doing DDP yoga, my hips have been bad for years. I, you know, my my hips are fine now. But I went up them steps about 12th time, and, and he's like, you can't look at the camera. Uh, don't, okay, don't look at the camera at all. Okay, you went too fast that time. Or you're going too slow this time. You got to speed it up a little bit. 
Now, mind you, we're at like 10 or 12 now. And I'm like, look, guy, you have one last shot. My hips are bad, and I'm going up and down these steps, and I'm going to be in trouble. I'm going to fall the next time I go. So make your last make your last shot. They did it. Well, they're getting ready to leave, and I had this skeleton inside the steel cage thing out in the front yard, and it was hanging over by my garage. And to get through to where you were going, he had to walk by this thing. And the camera guy whacked his head on that thing. And the corner of it's sharp. And it put a gouge on the side of his head, and it was bleeding bad. They were almost leaving. They were leaving. His this face gouge. is a crimson mask. <laughs> oh, my horrible. Good God. It's squirting out of his head. And it's like, and I said, you know what? You might have to go to the ER and get yourself some stitches. Oh, no, no, I'll be fine. And I'm looking at it, and he's like, this is my favorite part about it. He, and he's holding his paper towel against, and he goes, how does it look? And he shows me. And, the, you know, it was looked real bad. And I'm like, oh, it doesn't look bad at all. <laughs> sure. Me, I'd be at the hospital. But that was that, was that day. It was easy. Uh, I went. I ended up getting done with that. I went right to bed afterward because I was dead. It just it sucked the energy out of me. You know, you're being videotaped so long, and you're you know interviewed over over and over again, and it just it took so much energy from it. But then there's a there's a town named Plainfield, and it's about 45 minutes from here. And I I get a call from a girl, and this is probably mid November, and she goes, you know, I watched your National Geographic special. She goes, Hi, my name is Kelly. And I said, Hi, Kelly. And she's, she goes, I'm, I'm a big fan of your National Geographic thing. Well, thanks. And we're talking. And she asks me how I do certain things. And we're talking. And out of the blue, she goes, I have to be honest with you. I didn't call you because I'm interested in the masks. I'm interested in you. Huh. <laughs> she goes, I have a huge crush on you. Um, Okay. I said, well, um, there is a missus. She goes, I don't care anything about that. I said, I am, I am married. I've been married a bunch of years. And she goes, I don't care. She goes, I, I don't mind being your side girl. Wow. She goes, I have two kids. I have my own house. You could come out here and stay for a couple of days. And she, she's like, I, I plan on sleeping with you a lot. So just, you know, if you want to come out. And I'm like, I don't think you understand, Kelly. This is not a joke. I'm, I have a wife. And I'm not telling Mrs. Daniels about this because Mrs. Daniels is going to get quite mad. Um, she's like, but I'm attracted to you. Uh, it's okay. Uh, you know what? If, if you were to say uh, between a one and a ten, maybe she was a four or five. I don't know. She was the average Midwestern housewife. You know, probably words her PJ pants to the to the grocery store and you know she's got a baby on her hip that kind of thing it just I, I i i don't know i don't cheat on my wife so i didn't really have much interest in it she called me back again and, and uh she's like uh, i was reading on your on your website there and i think it was my message board or something that uh, you're insinuating that your wife and you aren't together anymore like where did you get that from i'd like to know I mean, she was flirting with me, and I again, and I'm like, Kelly, I, this really needs to stop. She had sent me a few very graphic photos of her, 
of her laying on her bed and you know there was certain things she was doing and I, I my wife was laughing she thought it was funny she goes your gotta- wife has a sense of humor <laughs> she has to have a sense of humor she's married to me that's true yeah it's not it's not good believe me she just <laughs> yeah I don't know <laughs> that was the National Geographic thing, and it's that has been. I think oh seven it aired. Um, if I'm right, I think it was oh seven or eight it aired, and it is since. Um, you know, it, it still sustains the test of time. People still like it, and I still post about it. They they said something about me that uh, I I take as. Uh, maybe because they, they didn't know, but they called me a master of mask making. I remember so, that. National Geographic is saying that National Geographic Channel is saying I'm a master of mask making. It's a title I can wear. So what I'll do is this year when I go to Mask Fest, I'll have my shirt that says Master of Mask Making, just so I can piss everybody else off. Well, anyway, my that's my boring uh, National Geographic story. No, it was interesting. I, I especially loved, uh, you know, the the story about the lady throwing the biscuits and gravy at you. So, yeah, yeah, she was she was ready for me. And if I was uh, if I was less of a of a man, to where I uh, would run around on my wife like that. Not saying people, if you want to run around on your wife, have at it. I just don't. I don't know. I'm a firm believer. Uh, I don't do this over here because she could be doing that over there. So I don't do this over here. You know, and that way, if she does that, at least I can say I didn't do it. That makes yeah. no sense, but it makes sense to me. Well, it makes sense, you know. It's like, uh, yeah, I mean, there's so much shit out there that you can catch, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, think I I mean got Kev, Kev, Kevin knows that's why he has the flu. Well, yep. yeah. It's not really the flu. It's another three-digit code. He's got the HIV. I met Tyler. <laughs> that guy catches more shit on this show. <laughs> well, Kevin. Congratulations I, to Tyler and his baby girl. Absolutely. That was going to be my next thing. I got a package uh, all boxed up. I'm going to be sending uh, baby girl stuff up to him. Nice. Yep. I'm paying it forward. It was paid forward to us. And um, it's a good thing to do. And, you know, I know that uh, him being a new dad and everything, he was, uh, he was real nervous about it there for a while. But I told him, I said, listen, man, once you get in that position, there's no greater feeling in the world and you are going to whoa, do whoa, just whoa. fine. What position is that? Position of a father, my friend. I'm being serious for once. Oh. Fatherhood. That's right. Been there many times. But yeah, definitely, de- definitely big, 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 big congratulations to him. And he's posting a lot of pictures of, about about him being a dad, and you know, posting pictures of her. She's she's beautiful, Tyler. And you and your girl couldn't have done better. And I'm 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 happy and proud for both of you. My hat's off to you, and I don't wear a hat, so. Um. So I I know. That we're running along here, but I'm, I'm, there's a couple other things I, I do want to bring up. Uh, now I know that you've you've done like a Slimer as well. That's like one of, that was a big seller for you too, wasn't it? Nope. 
Sold no? two. Really? Big one, yeah. I've only sold two. I'm surprised. It's okay. I didn't even care. It was it was so fun to do. To do that big ass sculpture. And then I realized I had to move that thing from the stand that I had it on onto my work table. And that thing weighed roughly four hundred pounds. So it was wow. huge. You could actually put this on you and wear it, um, but I, I had to lift it from there to there, and it was, I go back to my deadlifting days, and it was, there's a certain way you hold it, there's a certain way you stand, you get a little bend in your knees, you'll be okay, but that was, yeah, that was fun to move, I, I and I, of course, I go, oh, I could get my sons here and they can help me, no, no, I'm, you know, I'm going to do it myself, because I'm an asshole. <laughs> But at least you're not a fucking asshole. There is a difference. Oh, no, no. No, you you can uh you can even do a uh uh what do they call it where where you say a word and you get me to react to it. You can say names and you get me to react to them. How's that? What do they call it? Kevin's good with that stuff. Yeah. You can throw names at me and I'll just say, you know, I'll say the first thing that comes to my mind. <laughs> Probably piss a lot of people off, but oh well. <laughs> I've never caught any people shit in my backyard. What questions you got for him, Kev? Come on, Kevin. Um, I just saw you post earlier. You're doing a Loomis. Where did that come from? That's the old John Smith uh, Loomis. That's um actually the first HMA piece ever. John sculpted that for the HMA, and he was gonna do the production on it. And it just never happened. And then it traded hands a couple of times, but John still maintained the ownership of it. And um, I, you know, I've, I've made that for a bunch of years. I've just, I actually had somebody offer me a lot of money to buy the master from me. And I told the guy, I'm not bending on my price. If you ever wanted it, that's to me is one of the best Loomises that are out there. And that was. I pissed off a lot of people when I went to John and I said, John, if you ever want to sell the Loomis Master, I'll buy it. And for the price he he, uh, he was asking, I threw the money at him. And next thing you know, here I'm, I had it. I produced the first couple. They looked like dog shit. I even, in fact, Chris, if you remember, I made the white one, the one with the white beard. Yeah, I and I Chris had it. That. I did. And I, you know, I know you've sold it because I've seen it in other people's collections since. Yeah, I I did. Um, yep, I remember you buying it. I uh, had it, and I have a picture of all of us. Uh, it was a great picture. Uh, we were at a convention. This is when, when I was full-time, and there was probably six or seven of us in the in – the, they, they, call they called us the mic pack at these conventions because we would huh. roll around in different sequel masks. But my buddy Marcus was the only one that could fit his head inside of it. And, really? Yeah. And so um, you had the um, the acrylic eyes in it. Yep. And I remember uh, for that night I popped him out yep. for him to wear it. We had the trench coat and everything. He put it on. And then uh, he wore it to the, to the convention. And we have this picture of him in the front and then all of us kind of staggered all the way back. And, um, it's gotten, it's gotten some tweets or getting, got, got some people 
posting it here and there. I see the picture every now and then that pops up, and this is, you know, here's Dr. Loomis with all, with, with all of his mics, and uh, basically that was just all of us chilling out in the hotel room before we went out to the pool party and uh, and started doing like a reenactment of Loomis uh, and and the Michaels and all that stuff. It was it was it was a good time. It was uh, and then after that, I was kind of like uh, looking around, going, "Okay, I need to make some room here because I remember." This is the other thing I was going to talk about is I was in search of at that time a Satan's little helper mask. Uh-huh. And I finally tracked one down on that what that halloween.com or whatever it is. Yep. Um yep. and I just saw it I saw it for 110 bucks and I was like, "Okay, well, if I'm bringing another piece in, I'm kind of out of room here, so I got to sell something. I can't wear the Loomis thing. I had my fun with it. It's out the door." And then in comes this piece. And then I remember, because you and I were just starting to be uh, talk, like I always knew of you and this aura of you through Gary, but we had never physically talked. Sure, But then you reached out about the Warlock, and we were talking about the Warlock and doing that. And then I ended up with this Satan's Little Helper piece. And I just remember you saying, I think I know who painted that mask for you. And you put a wink on the comment on yeah. it. And yeah. then I realized, Oh shit, you did it. I had no yeah. idea that you did that mask. Yep. And it was, that's a John Fuller sculpt. And they, uh, they went to John and got John. See death studios produced that for, it was only about a year or two. And they called it, um, El Diablo. Yep. And he stopped producing it. Well, then he went, it went back to John. John made a couple for that movie. Painted like what the studios did, and they made that movie. Well, then Todd from from a plug. Here's my, I'm going to plug him only because he's one of my best friends too. Is uh, HalloweenMask.com, and I do all the production for his exclusive line. So if you ever want a really cool dark side like painted mask, you go to their exclusive line on HalloweenMask.com, and I'm I'm the one doing all the production. So you get cool shit. At a decent price, like you do with me, but um, that's John Todd ended up buying the master from from John Fuller. But uh, that when it goes back to the and we go back to the Loomis thing, uh, I just enlarged the uh, the master copy. Oh, nice! So it's it's very wearable. You, you know, I'm going to make a wearable wearable Loomis, and I'm only going to do so many of them. I'm just just don't have that much interest to. To be laying uh, those beards, each yeah. beard takes me an hour and a half to lay the entire beard, and uh, then I shave it down and whatever. But that's uh, that's the only wearable Loomis that's on the market currently. Um, before you hang it up, I'll have to talk with you privately. Uh, I'll have to have you make me a Halloween Six version Loomis. I can do that. I can do that. We that was that was that one that I did with the white beard and the hair and. That was uh, I. I still have the master on it. I I, I still do um, collector Loomis's for like the shows, and it's funny. That was the first mask that I brought two of them down to Mask Fest. We didn't even get the door open that day. The door opened. The guy walked in. And he goes, "I want that." And it, I think I had. I was up there for like two and a quarter or something. It was stupid, and I had like the clothing on it. He had you know the trench coat and the tie and all that. Um, I dressed him, and people went crazy. 
So, Mask Fest this year is probably going to have a few more copies of it because people went bananas over it. Uh, there are certain pieces I know are going to sell. Emmett Kelly. I, I brought like four copies of that. I didn't they know you did out. that. Well, it's the old Don Post. I enlarged, I enlarged that one too. So. Um, now, I see that you do the Michael Jackson Werewolf too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did uh, the Thriller thing. That was fun just to... To um, I sculpted that a few years ago. Looks great. I yeah, got to see the real mess. I figured out a, there's. I'm sorry, Kevin. I, I talked over you. No, that's all right. I, was, I just said uh, I got to actually see that real mask at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, along with his uh, glove and red leather jacket and really? a few other items. Yep. See, I I learned techniques of uh, laying that hair down so that it doesn't uh, how you when you put it on there. And it makes it nice and full, like what Michael was wearing. Um, you know, his was just a big wig that was styled and this kind of thing. I found different techniques of laying that hair, and it makes it look super full. And nobody can nobody can touch that piece. I mean, the way I was, the way I do it. Um, I've actually sold I sold a couple blanks to people, and they always ask me the same thing: How do you get that hair to stand out? It's uh, ancient ancient Chinese secret. <laughs> a lot of piss and steaming. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of pissing in the mat. Remember that. <laughs> a lot of jurgens. Yeah, yeah. People 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 took that serious that he was pissing in those masks. Yeah. I don't get that was stupid. And you know what? It was my fault. Yep. Damn you it, were the joking. one. You were the. You were the one actually doing it. I, I did. I did. In <laughs> Gary's, he, he was. He's in Alabama, but I. Yeah. I, I his house so I could piss in the masks. Well, I, you know, I I had a customer contact me once and said, you know, hey, what <laughs> what is all this uh, brown splatter inside the mask? I said, well, I'm sorry, I had Taco Bell and I had to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. People don't I, understand. But I, but I, but I sprayed tons of Lysol inside, so it, you know, that's why it didn't stink. Yeah. Um. I know that uh, you have a, you know, you may not want to talk about this. We can cut it if you want, but you you have a history with uh, with the Bozo Show, and oh yeah, oh I can talk about whatever you want. Okay, all right. So, um, can you tell us a little bit about that and 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 how that kind of. You know, uh, the history you know there? Bozo was on in Chicago. It was a show that lasted longer than any independent Bozo in the whole in the whole country. Even he was. It was the last show of his, of its existence. And when it ended in two thousand one, I I was a Bozo fan from the time I was an infant. Really, mom used to put me in front of the TV because Bozo started in sixty one and it went to two thousand and one. So it was a good forty year run. I was born in seventy. From that time on, I was I was in love with Bozo. And in my years later, and I got into my teen years, I always wanted to be Bozo. And Bob Bell, who was the original Bozo, he had retired in 84. And, you know, I was just a kid. I think I was only 13, 14 years old at the time. And I wanted to, I wanted that job someday. So what I did is I started making me my own suit made my own suit just a huge bozo fan in fact i've interacted with joey dioria who played bozo for a lot of years 
for 17 years, the last, he was the last bozo in Chicago. Um, I interacted with him a bunch of times online. Uh, he remembers me. You know, we, uh, I was calling myself Bozo Jr. Not a very creative name. I was a kid when I made it all up. Um, I went around and I did little birthday parties in the area. And I had a nice Bozo suit. It was something I made. Um, I spent the time and the money. I made my own wig. I I even made I had I had the shoemaker out at the the mall locally here. They had a shoe repair shop, and he made the shoes for me. Only charged me like you know a hundred bucks. He made a pair of shoes for me. I took a pair of boots. He made the front piece, and he he glued it all on there and put nails in the bottom. And I still have those shoes today. Thing is, wow. uh, I I started playing bozo in this area. On the south side of Chicago, and I played Bozo for, God, it had to be 15 years. And I was from the time I was 14, and I did little birthday parties. I did shows, corporate events. I did, uh, there's a, a, I don't know if, if in Florida even, if you guys knew of a, of a, a jewelry company called Rogers and Hollins. No. Uh, Rogers and Hollins is a huge jewelry company and they had their corporate event north of Chicago and they hired me to go and do their corporate event where I talked in front of all these people from all over the country. And I'm telling you, they paid me good money to come in there. But WGN, if they would have known about it, that I was doing that, eh, I probably would have gotten in a lot of trouble. Uh, Larry Harmon, who owned the Bozo character, was very protective of the character. And what I did was I would just go around and I'd keep under the radar. Uh And I would talk, you know, I actually ran into Bozo at, they had at the local zoo in Chicago, Bozo was doing an appearance. I show up and we get a picture taken together, both in Bozo costumes. And people thought I was Bozo walking around the zoo. So I'm taking pictures with everybody. You know, they're all like, wow, Bozo's here. Wow, he's walking around the zoo. Sure, that was me. People, I've had people come up to me and go, hey, you know, I I was at the zoo and I met Bozo. And, you know, we know you used to do Bozo, but, but for the lack of words, I used to do Bozo. My wife, <laughs> my wife did Bozo. I don't think she ever did me in the costume. That's you, missed a, you, missed a, you missed a big opportunity. Yeah, well, she did. Because I'm really <laughs> talented with the nose. Oh, <laughs> oh anyway, uh, you know, in all honesty, it went on for a long time. This went on. I hadn't put on the suit in probably four or five years. I went to the Wizard Con. This goes back about five years ago now. I went to the Wizard Con in Chicago. Went to it dressed up. I put online on WGN's website. I said, "Look who I saw at the Wizard Con." And within a week or two later, I had a um, letter from Larry Harmon Picture Group. They were very adamant that they don't want anyone to wear that costume. And I, they said I performed as Bozo at the Wizard World Comic Convention. And it needs to stop immediately because I was um, violating their copyright trademark, whatever the flag. 
Um, I ended up going, and I, I wrote him a letter back, and I said, you know, I'll comply. That's fine. You, they said, you can never wear the suit again. You can, And I still have it. I still have all my stuff. Um, and it kind of it made me laugh because I hadn't worn the suit in four or five years. And I used to do local parades. I did parades on the north side of Chicago, and people all thought Bozo was there. And it was funny. I had, I had done such a good I, – I had, I had impersonated Joey Dioria to a T to where um, Joey had retired and he'd gone to California. I was at a big parade, and there's a, a clown group from this group called the Shriners, and they, they donate all their, their monies, that kind of thing, to the Shrine Hospital. And little sick children and this kind of thing. Well, the, the head clown, the, the, the boss clown of the Shriners, saw me standing there, and he heard me talk. And I, I made the laugh, and he, he said, uh, he walks up to me, and he goes, Joey, I didn't know you are doing this anymore. And I kind of looked at him, and I smiled at him, and I said, I'm not Joey. And he goes, wow. He goes, man, you're good. He goes, you got the look down. You got the costume down. You got the laugh down. I thought you were Joey. And it, I, I was very flattered by it, but it, I knew it was only going to be short-lived. I only, you know, I, I'd only worked at that maybe once a year, twice a year. I'd do little get-togethers or whatever. Um, but when they sent me that letter, I, I chuckled. It said it took them that long to catch up with me. It took, you know, 15 years. It took them that long to catch up to me. And then I get this nasty letter from them. And... You know, and I stopped doing it. I, I haven't worn the suit since that, that Wizard Con. Um, you know, I don't really have any reason to. The kids nowadays don't know who Bozo is. They don't. It's it's sad. To me, it's very sad because it was – I had caught it at the tail end, and Bozo was it's, – it's very – you know why? If, if you're not aware of the Chicago Bozo, you might have been. Um, he had a sidekick, and his uh-huh. sidekick Cookie. Yep. Cookie, Cookie was the best. And without Cookie, when Cookie retired, that show, it went on its last legs. Cookie retired because of health. Um, without Cookie, Bozo was not as great. And um, it, it was, you know, that's, that's my Bozo story, really. Someday I'll do a Cookie bust, you know, just for the... Uh, nostalgic reason i actually want to do one and send one to his to roy brown's family just for the hell of it because i think it would be nice but you know his 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 widow's still alive obviously because then i wouldn't be saying she's his widow (laughs) right yeah but i mean it's that was the bozo thing and i mean i was a big fan of of clowns that's what that's why i kind of sparked off of and became like the the king of the clown masks. I was making clown. Masks. I ended up getting the. I I bought the uh, the masters from for the killer clowns from outer space from Jeff. Jeff didn't want to do them anymore. He he offered them to me, and I bought them for you know a pretty good penny. I mean it wasn't cheap, uh-huh. but uh, Jeff said he he never had to do another killer clown in his life. He wouldn't. Um, I ended up producing them for a few years, and then I ended up having um. Bump of the Night Studios got a hold of the license, and they they told me to stop producing because I wasn't going to buy the license for it because for the money that they wanted for licensing on it, I would have had to produce 
you know, 2,000 each of the four of four kinds that I had. 2,000 each to even get some of the money back. Right. And I couldn't do that out of my little shop. Um, Chuck Jarman, you know, he was cool as hell. Chuck, I consider him a friend today. He said, look, I got the license on that. I just need to start producing. Okay. And then that, you know, we, we kind of had... And I'm, you know, we're not going to go too deep into this because it's not, you know, productive. Um, I went back after Chuck was done with them and I started producing them again. And I, I actually made my own sculptures of certain clowns, of certain from killer clowns. And then, you know, Trick or Treat came in and got the license and they, you know, they asked me to pull them off my website which is fine that's understandable i think they're actually almost done with theirs with that license i don't think they're renewing which means the clowns will be back in some sort of form and i next year's my 25th anniversary so i'm thinking of bringing bringing the killer clowns back for a season that'd be sweet yeah you know just just for for nostalgic reasons and got to do something big and special for the 25th anniversary and i'll bring back a couple old things that that have been long gone. You know, now, here's, now here's a question for you. Didn't you, um, I know Sam McCain did, but didn't you do something with the, with the ex presidents from point break as well? I did. I did. I, I actually, I thought so. Year. I, I, Sam, Sam, he did his own sculptures. I, I did all four of them. Um, uh, Sam, he, he molded the, um, I think it was put out by Caesar, the mask company, Right. The uh, Dixon, and he just remolded that one, and I I sculpted all four of them last season. I mean they they did okay for me, I and mean, then I wouldn't say they made a bunch of cash off of them, but um, it's fun to do them. I enjoy doing them. I want to get a Reagan off of you. Hey, you know what, dude? I've got I, I I've only you know to be honest with you, I think I've made under five um, of all four of them. I've only made about five of them each. Well, at 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 some point, I don't know if it's going to be the spring or in the fall, but I'm going to be going back to uh, the co- the convention I used to go to like all the time. Uh, it'd be the, my first time in almost three years that I've been, and the last time that we went, um, we went as the Silver Shamrock. Uh, Eric Kumar, myself, and um, my buddy Michael Honeycutt all went, and. We were all like in the tuxedos from the from the Don Post catalog, sure, and sure. so like now I'm like uh, I got a couple friends of mine. They're like, yeah, it'd be cool if you know if we went and did the Point Break thing. And I was like, yeah, I think I know a guy that does the masks. So now that I know that, yeah, so, uh, you know. we'll make a deal for you. You guys wear those things. I'll uh, I'll hook you up, and then you just you know just tell everybody where you got them. Yeah, shoot me Only some uh, you, shoot me some cards. Hey. Only because it's you, Chris. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate hey, you know, that. Why we do it, man? Seriously. Um, I was going to tell you. Uh, you know, you were talking about that witch sculpt earlier. Is that the one from 2015? Which uh, which which one are we talking? That you did. Um, you had the little uh, plastic plastic witch mask down there. Oh, and you you're talking about the uh, the retros that I did? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, are are you still producing those? I'm still. They're still on my site. I'm not really. I'm actually licensing them out to uh, Rob Cometti, and he's going to be offering them as blanks. So they'll all be licensed out soon. In fact, I'm hoping to have that done this spring. 
Mm. Rob Cometti, you you might know who Rob Cometti is. I um, don't. He works at Universal Studios. He's he's a good guy, and he, he makes uh, he's he's got he's got agreements with Alvarez Wax Company. You know, it's a, yeah, Henry Alvarez. What's that, Kev? Is that the, the Rob Cometti? That's the, he sells all the Alvarez stuff. They ain't the That's same him. person. That's that, him. Yeah. Calls himself no, Bones. Yeah, LL. Buckle Bones. Yeah, that's yeah. Committee's a good guy. Yep, he's in the group. Yeah, huh. he, he, he's he's a good guy. I'm mean, telling you, I've, I've known Rob a bunch of years, and he's always been good to me. So I, you know, I could never talk bad about Rob because, and we're we've got an agreement where he's gonna he's gonna produce those for me, and. He's just gonna. I I honestly don't want to do them anymore. They're too much of a pain in the ass. It's all hand painted. You know, every uh, one of the lines. Well, I I you know I was looking. I I remember following that sculpt, and I remember saying, "Man, what a what a gorgeous sculpt! It was, it was just fun, beautiful. It was beautiful." Yeah, thanks, man. Thank you. I I you know I I give credit to the you know the Collegeville slash Ben Cooper Company. Uh, but they I love were that stuff. Oh yeah, and I hear they're coming back. Ben Cooper's coming back. Good. Yeah, they're they're the family has they have um, brought back. I guess there's some in the next couple of years or something. They're supposed to be re-releasing, and they're supposed to be going back out in the stores. I don't know how well it's going to do. I think for nostalgic reasons, it'll do really great. But oh yeah, for costuming. I don't think it'll do well anymore. I mean, that's that's those 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 days are long dead. They really and that, are, and that sucks too. Because I I remember being uh, like in the early '80s and stuff. You know, just it, there wasn't a CVS or Walgreens such thing. I mean, there was there was your local like in Halloween four, your local discount mart. That's that that's oh. what it was, and there would be like during Halloween season. Just literally aisles of masks and costumes, and that was my childhood. And when I go back, and I, I, I think what Halloween has turned into, and when you walk into a spirit, I about want to throw up because I'm going. The Collegeville people and 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 the and the people in, in the Don Post era, the early '80s, some of the people that aren't with us anymore, they'd be rolling over in their graves seeing you know, slutty costumes on every aisle. Yeah. But here, think about something, Chris. Seriously, think about this. This, the the way of the spirit Halloween and the Halloween towns, this is all going to go away. It's going to go to the wayside. And I'll bet you in the next 15 years, and we will look at this time and go, you know what? Spirit Halloween was kind of cool because it was the only thing that we had around here at this time. Because th- those old trick shops and those old um, drug stores and you know the 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 you know for whatever it is like the old Ben Franklin's I don't know if you knew what Ben Franklin was you know it was a little store they had trinkets and all kinds of bullshit and they had all kinds of costuming and this kind I promise you with with the Amazon thing these box stores that are popping up every September, October, they're going to go to the wayside and we'll go. That was cool for its time. I promise you it's going to happen. It, I hate to say it, but it's gonna. Yeah. 
you know what? And, and right now we're kind of pissy about it, you know, and I'm, I am a little bit too. You go and see these places and it's like, but as time goes by, all, all good things like that, you don't realize how good it is until after it's long gone. I, I, I love Bozo. I miss it. I miss it every day. Me but, too. But these things like that, they're going to go to the wayside and it'll all be gone. Um, eventually you're going to have Amazon grocery stores. You're going to have Amazon everything. Amazon is going to run the world. It just is. So Can't they at least carry the some better masks? They'll, they'll sell everything. You know, masks, costumes, everything. And it'll be at your door. You'll be able to order it at 8 o'clock in the morning, and it'll be at your door by 2 o'clock. Or in an hour, for all we know. Because those warehouses are popping up everywhere here. I mean, we've got within... Driving distance here, we have three or four um, Amazon warehouses. I'll tell you what I'm getting tired of is, um, you know, uh, sure. I will I will just get the recycles and the trash out to the road. And literally the next day, there's 20 boxes now that I got to put out uh, in the garage waiting for next week's pickup of the trash and the recycles and i'm just like jesus it never ends no no but see now they're going in and they just amazon just purchased whole foods and now by doing that i don't know i don't know if you have whole foods down by you you might do yeah we do well i just you know some places are just regional uh (laughs) eventually the same thing with food. The only thing is, if, if you know anything about the grocery business, because I've been in the groceries business for 30 years, there's certain things you don't want to um, buy. Produce and meat, where somebody else selects it for you. Just, you have your own preference on kind of meat you eat. You eat. Same with produce. It's, those are two things you just can't. I mean, you, you can order a bottle of grape juice, uh-huh. you know, and it's the same thing all around the country. But, you know, personally, you know, I like lean meat without so much fat on it. It's that kind of thing. But that's what I'm talking about with Whole Foods and with Amazon, and they're going to run the world. This whole thing is it's going to take over this damn world. They're, they're in the grocery business now. They'll be, they'll be in every business yep. in the next five years. You can pretty much do anything you want already online. Buy whatever you want. Pay a couple extra bucks, get overnighted. Chris, even Kevin, here, seriously. If you guys, um, if you could think in your lifetime, what was the greatest invention that has been created in even, say, 10 years before your birth until now? What do you think it was? Pocket pussy. Well, that's mine too, but you know, <laughs> couldn't figure out why. You know. See, no, I, personally, and... I personally like the road cone, <laughs> not the um, foster can. Probably, being serious, you'd probably have to say the internet. It has to be. End of story. I asked my father that he's he's going to be eighty five this year, and I asked him. And he sat there and really thought about it. And I said, so, and he goes, well, what do you think? And I said, the internet. And he goes, you know what? Biggest truth in the world. Everyone's using it. One way or another, someone's life is affected or they use it. And, you know, we've seen the birth of it. We've seen 
it before. Hell, I, I, you guys, I'm not sure how old you are, Kevin. I'm in my late 40s. So, um, I remember being able to play in the yard, and we didn't have any of this stuff. You know, you didn't have, uh, it, we would stay out until 9 o'clock at night, and we'd play Street pitch. Yep. You know? We would I used to around throw rocks in the grass. That's it. You, I would sit and pick pick weeds with my grandmother and just and just visit with her. I don't think yeah. I've known when my son has talked to my mother in, you know, a month. I was over to see my grandmother every day. Yeah, and, you know, so today, kids, kids, they have no respect and they have no knowledge of what it is outside this little box they live in. Well, kid. Well, Kevin and I were talking about this at one point, and uh, like this is not not on a show, but just privately, is uh, you know we used to like growing up. You know, our parents they would go to work at a certain time, be home at a certain time. Yep. You know, and but now it, the the way the world is now is like everybody works longer hours, crazier hours. Everybody's working all the time. They don't have any time to spend with each other. Kids. Nobody's Nobody's sitting around having dinners together or meals together anymore or sharing any personal time together anymore. That's exactly what it is. Kids are having kids, and they yep. shove the phone and the tablet in their kid's face because they're still trying to be a kid themselves, and there is no family structure no more. Nope. Hey, when I was little, when I was little, I was told if I dug far enough down the ground, I could reach China. I remember that, too. You can't teach no one that no more. You're a racist. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's the way the world is. Ain't that a shame? Yeah. Like, that's the very true. You used well, to be told, don't talk to strangers. You know, don't yeah. don't go near the van. Now you got to worry about being abducted and kidnapped every second. We all well, float down here. The, you're going to be bullied online. Yep. Yeah, and kill yourself. You know what happened? When I was a kid, when there was kids bullying, you know, back then, it, like, they'd start calling, and they'd prank call your house and shit. Oh, yeah. My dad would go down to the kid's house and tell him he's going to beat the fuck out of him. Uh-huh. Seriously. Yeah. And you know what? Yep. They'd tell the parents, and the parents would smack him right in front of my dad. Yep. Yeah, I was trying to refrain from cursing. so. <laughs> yep. That's the way it used to be. Used to just get in a fist fight. That's it. Yeah. Now you go. Now you go. You solve it with your fist. They'll, they'll come back with a fucking gun and shoot you. Yeah, AR fifteen or whatever the hell you know. Yeah. Now I worry about that garbage. Shit. Anyway. Kevin, anyway, what, what, yeah, Kevin. Ke- Kevin, I I feel like that you've been quiet most of the most of the show. So. Um, if you if you wanted to chime in, I'm I'm, I'm sorry. It's just uh, chime in, cut in, butt butt in, push me out. You know, ask ask some questions before uh, before we got to wrap it up. I'm just trying to get over being sick, so talking <laughs> is kind of talking is tough right now. I got an itchy throat. I won't I won't finish that for you. <clears throat> you can if you'd like. That's all right. Never stopped. Never stopped you from finishing before. That's true. It's true. Take it deep. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I'm hey. good. I, I I think what we're gonna have to do is break this into two parts for sure. I probably would. I think what we'd do go two and a half, three hours. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at the counter right now. Three hours and eight minutes. Oh and my! Fifteen seconds. You, oh, have, uh, you want to want to plug your website and your Facebook pages and stuff like that? Please do. Hey, why not? <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, it's always been for however long. It's always been DarksideStudio.com. Um, then we we decided because there was another company that kind of was using. It, he did Dark Ride because he did Freddy masks. This guy's kind of a tool, but. Um, I changed it up a little bit and said dssmasks.com. The reason is because of that, but I still maintain Darkside Studio. and So you can get, you can hit me both ends, literally. That's not really cool to say what I just said. <laughs> Holy shit. Hit me on both ends. That sounds good coming out of your mouth. What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but then, you know, Darkside Studio, you can find me on Facebook. I've got, I'm on Instagram. I'm not really active on there too much but um i don't have a twitter i do have one i just don't use it um you don't have a twitter i'm real, I'm real busy on facebook <laughs> i always put stuff on there you can interact with me on facebook i do my facebook lives on there now and then and people get kind of, it's kind of like what i did here so i just talked about everything and i show you stuff that's going on in the shop uh i'll paint sometimes i'll i'll uh sculpt sometimes i haven't sculpted yet this year but I, I do have sculptures going. I just haven't sculpted on that thing. But uh, in all honesty, you know, you can always reach me through those sites. You're always going to always get a hold of me easier on, on Facebook and through the Dark Side Studio, TSS Masks page, whatever. But um, I, I don't know. It, it's been good talking to you guys. It's been fun. You know, I like visiting yesteryear and, you know, Sometimes it's good to when you, uh, I'll go crawl into the crawl space in my house here because I store stuff down there. But if you ever sit down in the crawl space and you look at the foundation of your house and what it's really made of and it's what's keeping it together, you don't realize it until you sit down and you really just look around at it. But this is what it was, was I got to look around at the foundation of what, where Dark Side started and where, you know, and the people that I've run across in all the years. So I thank you guys. It's been fun. Well, hey, we we appreciate it, and um, you know it's for for me because you know you and I've talked several times, and we've gotten to know each other over the years, and I consider you a friend, and uh, I was highly disappointed when you got down to Orlando and we couldn't make a connection. But, yeah, um, we were just about. We, I think we had what one more one or two more days we were going to be down there. We're we're headed down in uh, between the eighth and the fourteenth of April. Well, we're definitely getting together then, for sure. We're going to have, in the middle of the week, we're going to have a down day. So, we're not doing anything during that day. So, Well, I would I would love to meet up with you, have some dinner, have some lunch, whatever you guys are down for. Uh, I want to introduce you to my kids and my family and, oh, uh, and definitely get together. But uh, I consider you a dear friend, and uh, I know that uh, just from... You know stuff that we've been through together. If if I ever need something, I can always reach out, and you're there. And uh, Renee, who, who posted in the the podcast page, speaks very highly of you. It's just really a testament to who you are. 
Yeah, and uh, you're you're just a good guy, man. And I'm I'm hey, proud to call you. you a friend. Yes, you as well. You as well. You too, Kevin. I hope you feel hey, better, brother. Thank you very much. Appreciate hey, that. You take it easy. I'll be. I'm here. I'm always here. So if you ever need me, you know, need me to pipe in, and you know, I'm always close by. Well, Kevin, Kevin just got excited when you said pipe. All right. Oh, yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah, actually hitting my pipe. Brace yourselves for temporal displacement. Did we make it? Are we back? Thanks for listening to Halloween Unleashed. Be sure to download, rate, and subscribe anywhere you download your podcasts. From Apple, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and then join our social media channels at our official Facebook page at facebook.com slash groups slash Halloween Unleashed, on Instagram at Halloween Unleashed, and on Twitter at HWeen Unleashed. Be sure to share our episodes in your horror groups on your timeline and on Instagram. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode of Halloween Unleashed.